Dogs Don't Nine Thousand, the official podcast of One Nine Hundred Hotdog dot com. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash 1900hotdog, like you imagine. We're the last comedy website, so support us. Please don't make us pivot to screen caps of viral tweets. I'm enduring world web icon, Sean Baby. And I'm spinning back to back in the center of a gorilla horde with Robert Congo Bobby Brockway. And you know I've got my gorilla laser, uh, as, <laughs> as I always do. I don't even know why I mention it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm Robert Brockway. Here's a Robert Brockway fact. Uh, I once took powerful hallucinogens with my friends and we caught a wolf with a ray gun. Did I hallucinate the wolf? Did I hallucinate the ray gun? Did I hallucinate the friends? No follow-up. Those would have been, oh God, those would have all been my follow-up questions. Uh, (laughs) Our guest for the show today is brain genius, fascination seeker, and columnist for this very hot dog website, the host of the beloved podcast, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, Alex Schmidt. It is so good to be here. There are already two different forms of a laser for handling an animal based on what Brockway has said. So oh, we're yeah. starting hot. It's great. There was a gorilla uh, laser. Just, just horse and ape as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a, a pleasure having you, Alex. Uh, what are you working on these days? I will. And, and thank you for plugging the podcast and making secretly incredibly fascinating. It's been a lot of fun. And then, you know, you, I'm just going to plug it for you guys. Your, your Patreon is wonderful and it pays oh, not just Brockway and Sean, but also helps me get to write monthly columns for the site, which is super fun and a total joy. And the current one is going to be about a Pierce Brosnan film. So that's, that's just fun on its own, right? Pierce Brosnan, James Bond. We all love him. So you watched that and it's uh it's crazy enough to <laughs> yeah to to talk about okay <laughs> yeah i don't know if i remember the pitch you're like hey this movie yeah. looks pretty bad i'm like god it also looks like it might be really boring so i'm glad that we, it if i can i'll just preview it for the listeners you get a, you get a sneak peek of one that's oh, that's still nice. in the works still in the shop there's a movie called the king's daughter and it was released in 2022 which is a year that is this year but oh, it was yeah, filmed in 2014 and they just didn't put oh. it out for a long time because for reasons it's not great. I'm yeah, and uh, in the so movie, several of the characters Brad- have racial slurs for names, but uh, it was a different time. Ah, <laughs> uh, twenty fourteen. Yeah, it's it's set in the reign of King Louis the Fourteenth of France, but now I wish it was heavily dated from twenty fourteen. Like that's several <laughs> iPhones ago in the film. You Back know, when France had kings, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> For that stupid EU ruined it. EU. Before Frexit. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a movie where he's King Louis XIV. He believes they need to capture a mermaid to give him immortality. Uh, and then also his daughter objects to <laughs> Wait, this. This movie sounded boring the... to you, Sean? <laughs> I, you know... <laughs> On paper, the way Alex just described it, it sounds fucking awesome. But like the trailer was just like, dude, where's the mermaid at, Pierce Brosnan? I will you know, give you the sad. title is the most boring way to phrase that. The king's daughter. Like what, like a princess? Yeah. A princess? Ah, that was taken. There's there's room it's, for fish daughter in there. The king's fish daughter. Oh, be, there you go. I'm on board. <laughs> it also, the movie fully has narration from Julie Andrews, like the Julie Andrews. And oh. so for the first like minute, it feels like exactly what the trailer feels like, which is a pretty boring, like gauzy, everything's glittering Versailles movie. Mm-hmm. And then it goes nuts from there. And, and it's also kind of shot on movie, uh, 
excuse me, kind of shot on music video logic. So it's it's really nice. hard to follow and really fun. So yeah. that makes me think maybe the Julie Andrews voiceover was added post after they made it and, and it turned out to be really confusing. Do you think that could be the cause of the voiceover or do you think it was always... Maybe they added it when it was back in 2014 when it was boring and just about a normal princess before the guy was like, I need, I need to make this about fish people. And Julie oh. Andrews is like, fucking what? Say what? No, you can't use my narration now. Well, one of my favorite movies... Uh, directed by uh, disgraced sex pest Louis C.K. is called Pootie Tang. And it was very clearly a work of genius. And someone at the studio said, dude, this is fucking madness. Have J.B. Smoove come in and like explain the movie as it goes. Which again, it didn't ruin the movie. It still kind of works. But but you can see like the skeleton of what must have been a majestic piece of insanity before the, you know, comedy explained the whole thing. Yeah, I feel like that's the laziest and easiest studio note for an executive. Like it's it's right. the legend about Blade Runner, right? That they just forced yeah, them to right. add a, a voiceover to it. Like they can do that without spending any additional money except for one Julie Andrews salary. And yeah, you know, then then the executive's mm-hmm. already at lunch at like 11, you know, easy. And I bet you save money if you don't make her sing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She probably triples it. If you if you want me to sing this narration, it's going to cost you triple. And I, they probably thought about it. They're like, hmm. <laughs> so she doesn't. She doesn't sing about about this mermaid. No. Oh, well, I, a, as I understand it, she... step man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> if I was in a car heading to a studio to film a movie about mermaids with Julie Andrews doing the narration in the car ride, I would write five songs for Julie Andrews to sing about that mermaid. That's just me and how my brain works. Yeah, no, that's how the human brain works. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We got some options, Julie. This is kind of a a, a rocking beat. This one gets a little graphic. Uh, (laughs) There's some things you'll, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to say some things. It's called underwater penetration. Uh, I did assume they had a cloaca. Uh, I, I, I did not have time to fact check that. <laughs> we might need to have a quick rewrite, but we're not changing the song. But uh, well, in all fairness, it was the only thing that I could think of that rhymed with I'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaica, we, we don't want to talk about the subject. Ooh, I want to <laughs> take you. Right. There we go. Now we got this the song. You got it. Yeah. God, where's Julie Andrews? Somebody look up her agent. It can't cost that much for just a couple of lines. (laughs) I bet we could get her to sing it for 12 grand. We make that in a month. Everybody go without pay for a month and we can do this. (laughs) This It's worth it. It's just the next Patreon goal is Julie Andrews singing about a mermaid and making love. (laughs) We'll, we'll, We'll save up. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Well, um, let's talk about our just reprehensible Aww. bullshit thing. I, I think the rest <laughs> needs to happen uh, off the air. Cause I mean, we got a lot of work to do before we show this to Julie Andrews. We can't just show up and be like, Hey, we got some cloaca ideas. It rhymes with Jamaica and take you. Uh, <laughs> Basically I mean, just she's... that discovery. And we got real excited. <laughs> she's, she's a pro. She'd be like, okay, I have some ideas. Yeah. You know, she'd but sit like, up straight all of a sudden and be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. God damn it, he's right. <laughs> Let's never talk uh, about this show. Oh, that would actually, that's not a bad idea. You could just have a fucking whole mess around. 
Uh, yeah. I do. I did actually find some interesting stuff in the episode I watched. So I do want to talk about the show a little bit, at least mm. the basic concept, because three other times on the program, we've, we've done this where we've sort of looked at reality shows that pushed absurdity and humiliation and stupidity just a touch too far. We did all Maybe in the two thousands. Of course, the two thousands yes, was the course. decade of pure evil. Perfect decade for this. And uh, where Brockway almost found a murderer on that show. Uh, we did American Inventor. I, I did find a murderer. I just didn't find the right one. That show. That's true. And, <laughs> and like, sincerely, that was a messed up decade. If people don't remember yeah. or are too young, the first decade of the 2000s, like, like as soon as I fired up this show, I felt like George W. Bush was the president again. And it was oh, yeah, just yeah, a tidal yeah. wave of those emotions and, and mm-hmm. everything that happened in that time. You can feel the, like, gleeful cruelty of the era. You're just like, oh, yeah, we were like that, huh? Yeah, everything was like like our favorite in that time. I don't don't know how or why, but it was really palpable. I 100% agree. It feels like an era that's not just removed from time, but, like, we chose to remove it from time. Like, this isn't just nostalgia or old-timey stuff. This is, like, we all decided as a people, uh, absolutely not. We're going to (laughs) skip Yes. The yeah. other one was WB Superstar USA. These are the sh- things we did shows about. Uh, this one's more of a game show we're talking about today, but I think it belongs among them as a step too far. Now, uh, to be clear, I think it's okay for TV to be a little bit awful. Uh, I believe somewhere out there in the future is the perfect TV show where the state executes death row inmates using costumed manhunts. But getting there will take tactful baby steps. I believe in a running man future. I just <laughs> know that we have to get there gently. I know a lot of people won't agree with me. Alex, I bet you're against Running Man. Just <laughs> knowing you uh, and your vibe. This is um, true. That's okay, but we don't have to agree on everything. I'm pro uh, Running I Man, you... but I we need to vet them. We need to vet them better. There were too many Agreed. surprises <laughs> in our we one don't trial. We plot twists. Like, I want a maniac who's like, kill me. And, yeah. uh, you know, he he like blew up a school bus. And you're like, okay, there's no question. We got it. We I gotta want him to like man. laugh and pray to Crom in the middle of it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's, just, it's just my dream. And I just feel like the 2000s just went way too far, way too fast. And we all agreed, nope, nope, we can't do this. Uh, so, <laughs> like... Instead of baby steps, I guess the, uh, the moment of truth is what we're talking about. And instead of baby steps, that's like a fully nude long jump into amorality. Uh, this is a villainous show. And yeah. uh, I don't know how else they could have done it. Like, I mean, from the premise um, stage, it's a villainous show. Yes, like the only absolutely. thing it could do is ruin these people. <laughs> like there's no other point to it. Yes, it's all they set yeah. out to do. It's just to put a price on your family, your marriage. Uh, and real quick though, do you think there's an ethical way to do this show? Like, is there a good way to hook up contestants to a lie detector, ask them questions and incentivize it, incentivize them could and the audience to root for the virtue of these people. You could hook them up. You could hook adults up to it and then children could ask them questions and they would have to tell, no, that's terrible. That would get dark real quick. Yeah, like, like that, like inquisitive children. That would reflect yeah. that on society, though. Like yeah. if if a child said, "Hey, here's explain to me something dark and terrible," and they're like, "Wow, how do I put this for a child without lying?" Like that's interesting to me. Yeah, they say that's a better show and it's less evil, and I I invented it accidentally. Yeah, just accidentally. Yeah. Like if the, like kids said, "Hey, Santa Claus is real." Is Santa Claus real? 
they would not want to say no. Yeah, you got to watch them try to hedge it, but then watch the little meter go like, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a really interesting show. I I can't believe you did it. I thought this was an impossible question. You're like, yeah, just fucking, I don't know. I wish I could give you an award for for your brilliant mind, but I can't. For thwarting you immediately. (laughs) I bet there was Uh, more to that bit. Right. No, I had nothing else. Okay. I just, I really thought that we would all just have a fun laugh agreeing that it's impossible. Um, because just by the way it works, the people are incentivized to destroy their own lives to get the money. And the people making the show are incentivized not just to sensationalize their lives, but just to like, to get them out of the game, to make the questions so hard that they don't just win half a million dollars every episode. Yeah, everyone's got to so, hurt. And what what really set me over the line for this is that they always have somebody else there. They have like a little couch yeah. section yeah. on the stage for a loved one or family members or friends yes. or a spouse to sit there and look at them as they do this. Uh-huh. So it's it, yeah. they're very clearly saying like, this person is destroying their life for money and all of these lives for money and they don't get anything. Yes. I do and worry when, our listeners are confused. And when Brockway said the couch contains a loved one, we're using the phrase a loved one very, very, very loosely here. Uh, that is, <laughs> yeah. The nearby people whose lives they destroy constantly yes. are there yeah. sitting if on there the couch. There is a potential victim next to them the whole time. Yes. Uh, let's explain how the show works just in case no one's heard of this. Uh, the show is called The Moment of Truth is what we're talking about. And uh, they have a contestant on uh, and they ask them increasingly personal questions often very sexual, often very scandalous. Mm. Uh, and they have asked them before the show 50 to 100 questions with a lie detector attached to them. And they don't know the results of the lie detector test. Uh, so say they say, hey, have you ever murdered a man? They ask you that in the studio on a lie detector. Then you go on the show and they say, hey, have you murdered a man? Now you tell the world yes or no. And then they tell you what the lie detector said. If they don't match, then you lose, you go home. If they do, then you, you keep going. Um, it's what you would think if you think lie detector show. It's the very first dumbest idea that most people would have. And, <laughs> and uh, all of the reasons that just occurred to you why you probably shouldn't do that idea never occurred to anybody in this. Yes, absolutely. No. It ran for 23 episodes uh, starting in 2008. Uh, they did not air a whole bunch of them. Uh, I don't think it was because they decided it was too reprehensible, but because there's another show they came up with called um, Hole in the Wall. Oh, uh, people. Yeah, I know. Advanced, where, advanced yeah. glory <laughs> hole. <laughs> they slam a wall towards people at medium speed oh, that's with like human, human like shapes in them. And then you have to like pose like those shapes. It's very Japanese idea. It, yeah, and, it's based off like, of a Japanese show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this show, A Moment of Truth, was based off a Colombian show. And uh, so, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Are we sure that was a show? I mean, just, be, just because, might have just been a just because something is filmed doesn't make it a show. <laughs> right. It's based loosely on some police videos that they got sent from a big <laughs> well, drug bust. Stuff I found on the internet, and I haven't been the same since. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, before wow. we talk about the show, I do want to mention lie detectors. Uh, they're controversial, obviously, because they don't always work. Uh, guesses vary on how often they don't work, uh, but it's somewhere around 10 to 
just completely inaccurate. Right. Uh, <laughs> but of course, who could know that? Uh, and I think I'd like to make the point that if something measures truth and it isn't 100% accurate, it doesn't measure truth. So they sort of seem better than just guessing, uh, but that's not much of anything. It's like going to a psychic uh, and having flipping a coin 10 times and then getting it right six times. And, and you're like, okay, well, you must be kind of a little bit psychic. Then please. You beat the average life. by one. You're one, you're one <laughs> yes. quarter psychic. So uh, the point is, if anyone yeah. says lie detectors are foolproof or evidence in quotes, they're probably a simple idiot. And so I'm saying on paper, this is a show for simple idiots because it's <laughs> the only people who would buy the basic premise. And uh, everyone with a brain has a problem with the show from the concept before you even get into the morality. So uh, that's the show. And uh, the executive producer of the show, they made uh, some other great hits called Dating Naked, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's two people that get fully nude and then meet each other. Uh, there's one called Are You the One, which is just real world, but like with more of a fuck vibe. Uh, twinning, where they have identical twins compete. Uh, there's one he did called 72 hours where they just dump people in the woods and they have 72 hours to find a bag of money. Uh, he also did extreme makeover, which you probably heard of where they, uh, they tore apart ugly and fat people and rebuilt them as less than those things. So congratulations to this executive producer for, uh, a lot of questionable choices. Yeah. yeah a whole He's, lot of evil brought into the world. Good job. Yeah. Is the executive producer of this a person or is it just like, a sack of money with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> Is it like, just a spiky a black orb space. hovering in the air that you can't look at directly or it knows your thoughts? Yeah. I followed the trail of Howard Schultz. He's the EP and writer of this show. Uh, he was the EP for every single episode. Uh, There's a lot of producers and a lot of uh, vaguely titled producers and directors. Uh, a show like this, I feel like, is sort of made by a studio as, as like a, a bad decision. Like someone maybe came to them with an idea, Hey, let's do a show about lie detectors. And then like seven different executives, their producers were like, what about this? What about this? And, and we should get this guy that does the Miss America pageant to director, whatever. <laughs> Other um, smaller bags of money that are also talking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this guy, uh, it, it sort of reeks of that era of TV where every producer just knows they're about to be fired. So they're just trying to like hang on to their job with, and they what were correct, seems, it turns out. Yes, yes. It, it, these must have seemed like safe ideas, like not too expensive to produce, uh, possibly a hit. Yeah. Interesting enough that like you might get some people talking about it. Like all the ideas I said are shocking in their own way. Like uh, it's just we in the 2000s, we lived in a world where that was the only thing on TV. So if it's like, here's a dating show and they're naked, you're like, okay, but like here's a dating show where like, one of them has knives for hands or whatever the fuck, you know, there's <laughs> a dating uh, show and they're naked and they fight. They have to fight. Okay. Okay. It needs two more hooks. I think could they be twins? <laughs> it's the middle of the wilderness and uh, no help is go. The only help I'm comes listening. for one of them. There, there's a helicopter with one harness. I love it. <laughs> Most dangerous game meets dating naked. Yeah. Uh, Most dangerous date. We've that... got it. <laughs> <laughs> again what a brilliant mind you have <laughs> is that one one thing that jumps out to me about the like craven evil of this show premise is that they gave it a pretty neutral title 
Like I really thought yeah. they'd work a lie detector into the show title or something. Like the moment of truth does not sound as interesting as the premise on paper. It's a really flat Agreed. title, and and you would think these people would call it the equivalent of dating naked, but for this idea, I I, I do believe like there is a a ticking clock element to this show that is like no bullshit sort of compelling. Like as the questions escalate in their uh, God scandalous nature, like there is a real tension. Like if they could have incorporated that on in the title, like, you know, ticking clock or, or lit fuse or something, something along those lines, I think would convey what's actually interesting about this show. Truth or hurts. should watch it. How about it? Oh, see, that's good. Again, yeah, there just you go. right off Missed the top my, of your head. Missed you, my call. You would have been the fucking best 2000s era bag of money. <laughs> <laughs> the most amoral producer in the 2000s. I think the other thing that this plays into that, uh, I think frustrates me about like the country I live in is it, it mm. plays into that American hypocrisy where we're all like total perverts or party animal pussy hounds when we're living our own lives, but just like Quaker woke scolds when it comes to other people's sexing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I guess that's what it is. So like, here's these people who before the show would have bragged about like their sexual conquest and they get on the show and they're like, Hey, you ever do weird sex stuff? And they're like, oh God, my mom's here. You know what I mean? Like they try to make it all weird, but like, you know, so much of what they do on the show isn't a scandal. And the or they audience put, too put the reflects that. The audience is like there yes. to boo every yeah. like immoral choice and admission. Yes. They've they're been waiting to, their whole life to judge these fucking throw rotten fruit. Dare, dare to make love to other humans. Like scabby villagers. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the audiences for most of these things are just tourists who had nothing else to do or something and were in L.A. Right. And they just managed to find, at least for the episode I watched, because I think we each watched one, like mm -hmm. the episode I watched had the dumbest and meanest crowd I think I've ever heard on a game show. Like even they were braying about all the sex stuff, but then their biggest response was to a guy getting asked if he was in the hair club for men. And they lost their minds when that oh, question got asked. Shit. Like they couldn't believe a guy would be secretly maybe so losing his hair a little bit. And that's just dumb and weird to be weird about. Yeah. That's such yeah. a nothing. That better have been like real early in the, in the list of oh, questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did the, the second question they gave a guy on one of my episodes was, have you ever had a sexual fantasy while attending mass? Like Catholic Mass, God, which is like how, uh, think how many hours that must have been a, in his life. Yeah. Yeah. It's they, like the like first thing I do just to get it out of the way. And then they followed it with, are you in the hair club for men? I, and I felt that was sort of flipped around. I don't know. That, that felt wrong <laughs> yeah, to me. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Well, the way they frame the questions are like, you know, hey, are you attracted to your wife's sister? And I feel yeah. like that's not a fair question. Like the only right answer is no, but the only possible answer is yes. Cause I mean, she probably looks like your beautiful wife. Right. And like, it kind of hurt her feelings if she found out like, Oh, he doesn't, he's not attracted to me. Like, yeah. I don't know. I can't speak for everyone, but like human balls are programmed to say, get her under most lady circumstances. So part of being an adult man is keeping that in check. So like, if you said, yeah, I want to fuck her sister, but I like, I wouldn't because like, I'm a good guy. Like, like you did it. You did the, that's the right the thing to say, no. but, but like it, you, there's no, yeah. compared to, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, this is not how the world works. And they're trying to like find this absolute truth using the dumbest possible methods. 
Now, are they all like themed to sort of explore a type of terrible person? That's kind of the sense that I got just from the episode that I watched. Like, Schmitty, what was what was your guide? Was there like a theme or was it just all over the place? Yeah, let's go through yeah. your episode. As uh, You watched the premiere, right? I did. The, the premiere of the show. Ooh, very first I, guy. From you bringing up Running Man, I feel like the first guy they did was supposed to be like an all-American Schwarzenegger in that movie kind of thing. Like it was okay. a former uh, Oh, they thought he player, was going like, to run. Briefly in the NFL. <laughs> and he just was like, and they just had like his wife there and then his wife's friend and his friend. And I think they had further questions to get to where they were going to try to like make it so he was trying to bang his friend's wife or I mean, uh, his wife's right. friend. Um, but they didn't get there because he lost. And then they brought in a second guy who was like a very high energy guy. And they just gave him crazy questions right off the bat. Uh, and it was a guy who's been divorced a few times. And the the second guy in my episode Pretty early on, they just unearthed that this guy has a crippling gambling problem that blew okay. up his first marriage. It's and why I'm on this show. Like, kind of, yeah. And so, so like his panel my of people were his new girlfriend after his his marriage had fallen apart. And they just are like, like it's they, it's as not fun as it sounds. Like they, they yes. ask the guy like, oh, do you still think about gambling kind of questions? And he's like, yes, I, I grapple with it like all the time. Yeah, it's it's hard mm-hmm. having a gambling problem. That's not a fun now, show. Do you want a cool TV Do you want to take what you've earned so far, or do you <laughs> want to gamble on the next question? Gambling <laughs> we, problem we did guy. Not, we did not mention that is how the show works. It's like who wants to be a millionaire? Like banking yeah. system. So you have to like yeah. gamble each thing. So they did bring on a gambling addict and then made him gamble in front of these people. Incredible. Yeah, big time. And like, and they even, one of the questions was like, oh, do you have a secret bank account for your ongoing gambling? And he said, no. And he told the truth. And then he was like, yeah, I only let my girlfriend handle my money because otherwise I'll just go gamble all of it away really fast. It'd be really bad. And like, it's just sad. It's just a really sad thing. It's not well, cool. That is a sad reality. It's almost like we didn't think this through on the first episode. Yeah. No, that not there to gives help me a window. All. That gives me a window into the process of making this show. Uh, they obviously either did a background interview with this guy or research and they knew this about him. They wouldn't ask that to someone unless they, you know, knew right. that they either did or didn't have a secret account. So uh, they set that up almost certainly to humiliate him by saying, aha, your woman has to take care of the money for you because you can't be trusted to do adult stuff. Yes. Because uh, there's no reason for him to lie about that, especially if he looks virtuous by telling the truth. Uh, so they, the end game of that was not to for fun game show stuff, but to humiliate him in yeah. the moments between questions. Yeah, that's exactly and, it. That's um, the vibe I got from all of these is that it's, it's more like we'll pay you money to humiliate you and ruin your relationships yeah. with the people around you less than yes. like, this will be a challenge. It truly. Cause like, cause the format, it also, in a way that makes the show boring is super ripped off of who wants to be a millionaire where right. other than the friends on a couch, it's two people in chairs, the exact same soundtrack, the exact same lighting and just an escalating tiers of questions. Mm-hmm. And, but and millionaire, they just get on with pace. the next question. And on this show, the host does little 
in between interviewing of like, do you think you're an honest guy? Or like, oh, do you think you're, do you think <laughs> yeah. your wife's attractive? And then, and then the contestant's like, uh-huh. yeah, my wife's attractive. And then the next question is something like, you've always thought your wife isn't attractive, don't you? Like, it's a really <laughs> just villainous, weird show. That oh no, made. who could have seen that coming? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, if, if you're hooked up to a lie detector and they say, hey, is your wife hot? You say yes. But then like, I feel like I could be nervous enough about just the whole process that my body might, you know, explode it in whatever makes a lie detector go off just because I'm like, God, oh my God, can I, could you imagine how upset everyone would be if, if I, if I lied about this? So like, who knows if that kind of like biometrics triggers something. Which anyway. is exactly, I mean, right. I'm pretty sure that's the problem with lie detectors is that it's either you very nervous and everything is fucked or you're a total sociopath who it, you know, is the person you want to catch the most and nothing, nothing bothers you. So it's not, it's not anything. Yes. Yeah. So if someone says, is someone attractive? You say yes. And look, I don't care what the machine says. You're handsome like crazy, Alex. Just hey. whatever, Appreciate it. whatever that lie detector says, that's the story <laughs> that I'm sticking to. It says <laughs> true. <laughs> Yay. $10,000 for me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, even with this like, and thank you, but like with this lie detector kind of stuff, like it feels very Jerry Springer or Maury Povich or something. Yeah. But instead of the drama in that show where they're all like jumping up and down and being restrained, like this is just people <laughs> sitting in chairs and mm-hmm. like it, like it's the running man, but way less exciting. It's also Jerry Springer or Maury Povich, but way less exciting. It's yeah, really it's super subdued. fun to talk about this on a podcast, but like as a viewing yeah. experience, I can see why America was like, this is kind of flat. Even I think they were, yeah. I think the more I, we talk about it, the more I think they were supposed to run. I think there's like an option that nobody <laughs> took where like, you can just take the money and run into our obstacle course and face our champions. And like, we were almost there. We were going to get there. Like there's a sled behind him or that chair. No, the chair drops away into a sled and they just get rocketed into the course. Here's a question for you. Do you think you can outrun Buzzsaw? (laughs) But also like none of this is verifiable, but the show often seemed fake in the same way. A lot of reality shows seem fake. Um, And and not just because I think the producers we're fucking around, but because I think it's easy to game this. And there was a story I found where a couple was accused of making all their scandals up to win the money. Uh, and so uh, <laughs> the host, the host had a, uh, I think that might be that, the episode I'm covering. Okay. Well, I'll tell you about this interview where he said the contestant was upset. He didn't win the money. He's like, Hey okay, man, it's not the same wife admitted to cheating on you and being in love with her ex. And he's like, yeah, dude sucks. We, it sucks the lie detector. Like he would basically yeah, say. Yeah, that is. That's my guy. Okay. That's Frank. Okay. That's Frank the cop. Fantastic. I, I know that dickhead anyway. <laughs> Just <laughs> by his figures, words. It does figure that out of 46 couples, at least one of them saw this concept and said, let's go make up a sex scandal for money. Who gives a shit? Or let's go tell them yeah. about our real sex scandal for money. The point is uh, the yeah, game was, and the money don't incentivize good behavior. They incentivize getting on a TV and humiliating your wife or husband. Yeah, it was definitely uh, the it was definitely the latter. So the the episode I watched was uh, they had to preface it with uh, Mark Wahlberg, the host, uh, no relation, which is weird because this does feel like a two thousands era Mark Wahlberg joint. Like he would he be, would have been so good as the host. Yeah, he would have hey, been perfect. 
Wait, wait, wait. Hey, Mark Wahlberg? You think you want Hold a fucking wife's sister? Hey, listen, listen. Different. Oh, I don't do it with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. A different. Oh, the host is a guy who is also named Mark yes. Wahlberg. Yes. <laughs> and and I, I, I think he's got a little Wahlberg in him. He could. The, the, the tough thing about that is he can't go by Marky Wahlberg because that's just a double Mark Wahlberg. That's like you're just stuck with it. He yeah. added it like an L. He's like Mark L. Wahlberg or whatever. But Markless Wahlberg. <laughs> Markington. Mark Wahlberg, but not that one. He should add a hyphen, but not the one you're thinking of. I think I'm realizing with, with my episode, I don't know about your guys, but with mine where it's the first one, the host, I think, never says his name because I super would have noticed if he said, hi, I'm Mark yeah. Wahlberg. And he's yeah, you need to you need to like he wasn't sure if it was getting picked up in that pilot. So he wasn't going to say it like I'm not exposing myself for nothing. If we get picked up to yeah. series, you can have Mark Wahlberg. But until then, the Wahlberg name stays in, unimpeachable. Because that's his real name is John Cena, so that's tough. John Cena, yeah. (laughs) But that's like every show with a host, the host says their name like right away. You can't walk around it. And then this show, they just Mm -hmm. tried to paper over that. Are you ashamed to be here? True. Yes. (laughs) So the the episode I was on, uh, there's a lady, her name was uh, Lauren Cleary, I think. And she is like a hair salon assistant manager in 2008 uh-huh. and looks exactly like you're picturing in 2008. Okay. And her her husband was Frank and you know, he was a cop and he looks nothing like you're picturing. He looks like a looks like Ryan from The Office. But like when he became a full douchebag, okay. he's, he's just got that vibe, <laughs> like that very okay. strong guy that got a little bit of power and it went to his head vibe. And uh and her whole family is there. They brought her mom, her dad, they brought the husband, Frank, they brought her sister. Uh, she's got a, like a crowded house and they, they open that show. And he says, Mark Wahlberg's exact words. He very humbly <laughs> steps onto the, onto the set with, you know, nobody around and the lights lower. And he says, this episode was so controversial. It sparked a long debate as to whether or not to air it at all. Quite honestly, if I had my vote, it would not air. It is the most <laughs> uncomfortable I've ever been on television. So like they open it with the host being wow. like, I hate this. Oh. And I have no say in the way this show is run. <laughs> <laughs> if I had my vote, which I don't, clearly. Uh, but yeah, they, they go. Not, I don't I have a lot of like principles. A double dare uh, type of thing. Like, what if we did races and they were sloppy? <laughs> I thought we were going to slime them after every lie, right? I mean, when they say, I don't know, you, sl- no. and you don't, you guys just don't want to have fun anymore. Uh, what about identical twins, but they're naked, dating, fighting a gorilla? I don't know, the woods. guys. I d- Only one gets away. The other has to go live with the gorilla. What do you think? Twins in the mist. Oh, there you go. Uh, See? Yeah. Now you're on my wavelength. <laughs> so, so, this, so this episode they they do the the warning of we almost didn't air this it was so messed up and then they just air it then and then they just air it. they air all of it and with like such savage glee you're like no it was it was never an issue and like they start with our even her softball questions are kind of terrible like question three she gets is would you give food to a stray dog before you give it to a homeless person that's three. That's question three. That's after like, yeah, man. have you have you said you liked someone's hair when they didn't? And then which do you value Jesus. more, dogs or people? And uh, she, of course, says like... the dog and the okay. audience. And did she get booed? She got booed, even though, you know, 
<laughs> oh, I want to talk about that for real, real quick. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but like the booing is funny because like the audience is very judgmental, whether they're coached to be that way or not. Oh, I'm sure. And then after, after the, it's revealed whether they're right or wrong, they will clap for the right answer. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I killed the guy. And the audience is like, boo. And they're like, that answer is true. Like, all right, yeah, you won $5,000. Right. And then the audience like gives some like little lukewarm applause for the yeah, murder. Yeah, it's a begrudging I, applause. I love like, it. Yes, we gotta I give, love We got to yeah. give that to you because you owned it. Wow. And also, and folks, if you haven't seen it, Sean did that robot voice of saying the answer was true. He did it faster than the show does it. Like oh, throughout absolutely. this show, there's a thing where the person gives their answer to a question. It is often the more embarrassing answer. And then there's a long delay while we wait for the computer to confirm it. When yeah. obviously, if it's the more embarrassing answer, they're telling the truth. Like, yes. yeah, there's no suspense at all for like 10 seconds. Often. It's ridiculous. I liked uh, I liked this lady. I was I was with her from question three because she really wanted to be the villain because she needlessly clarifies after that. They didn't ask her any follow up questions, which is, you know, of course, in line with my policy. But, but she just jumps out and goes, <laughs> oh, it would, of course, it's the dog. They just look at you with your cute little face. And then you've got some some bum over here with his nasty, dirty face. And it's like, hmm. Like, okay. Whoa. OK. OK, lady. And her dad laughed yeah. so hard at that. He laughed so hard. They hugged I, the homeless together. There, there was an awful one of those on my episode with the first guy, because the first guy, he's this former football player, briefly in the NFL. And they so they also they had a special guest question asker. I don't know if either of you had that where uh, there's a former actual football player named Rodney Pete comes out and Rodney Pete asks asks him, hey, like when you've been in the shower with other players, have you looked at their privates when you've been in the shower? Okay. And uh, it's, you know, it's there. It's this decade. So, of course, the guy admits that he has done this and the audience acts like he admitted he's a a serial killer or something. (laughs) How dare you, sir? And then there's a super boring delay while we wait for the computer to confirm that's what he did. Uh And then like the host is like. Hey man, do you want to elaborate on that? Like, like the laziest version of, Hey, yeah. what, what do you think? Who and has the biggest guy? Dick? The, this guy it's says, Emmett Smith, isn't it? Emmett Smith's dick is huge. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just really proudly talking about one yeah. celebrity player. Yeah. But, uh, but then like this guy, given the, the opportunity to elaborate, he, he doesn't go for any of the, the many ways that could have been better. And he right. says something along the lines of like, well, we got to see who to make fun of later. <laughs> uh, there like, we go. His justification okay. is like, I got to, I, when I was a player, I, I'm elaborating it, but his justification is when he was a player, he like targeted his teammates for abuse, for having a smaller penis than the other guys. And it like, turns that, out it was, that was me. when he volunteered <laughs> beyond the requirements of the show. It's yeah. the, because that's the, like, that would be better. That would be the better alternative in this again in this time for this audience in the right. show. Yeah, Bushy. I love that, if that all the rest of the questions were about yeah. penises. He's like, all right, next question. How big do you think mine is? <laughs> and also, I and I felt a little bad for actual football player Rodney Pete because when he left, I I did have the thought like I'm more interested in Rodney Pete's answer. He's been with like yeah. famous people, and I don't know. I'm just curious. <laughs> I'd love if Rodney Pete come out and said, "What's my name?" And that would like be like the the light of, "Do you know who I am?" And the guy's like, "Yes." That answer is. 
False. <laughs> and then he has to uh, look really sad. Then you've ruined two people's days. <laughs> I don't actually know who Rodney P is. Uh, well, of course uh, I don't. I don't know sports what? at all. Oh, yeah. He sounds He's, like a man insecure about his penis. He's or a great incredibly runner. secure about his penis. <laughs> or he came out naked from the waist down to ask that question. Yeah, it and it was some kind of, I think this was on Fox. They introduced him as a co-host of the best damn sports show, period, which is very okay. of this era, if people remember that. Yeah. But like, yeah. Uh, so it was like one of the network. I think one of the writers uh, worked on that show that that wrote questions for this show. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, you yeah, had a networking hookup. You burned that networking connection for this because you did burn it. But yeah, they, you know anything about dicks? Yeah, sure. Okay, I got, I'm working on this other show on lot four. Uh, we want you to come on just yeah. do a quick. We just talk about dicks. Is, uh, you, there's no script. You just come on and with you know riff it. Uh, ask questions you might <laughs> have about dicks. Just your standard dick drop. <laughs> you know the deal. Sure, yeah. I'll be right there. It really did feel that thrown together, too, because like there's not a spot on that set for an additional person to enter and exit. So he just sort of shambles in from the wing where it's not totally lit and then just walks back out through like no, that's how they, uh, exit. It's that's really how they did it, because it wasn't I don't think it was on every episode, but it was on the episode I'm talking about, too, where uh, she it's the whole thing is that it's about her infidelity. About how she doesn't think mm. they ask her if she thinks she married the right man, and of course she says no. And then they they ask her if she was in love with her with her boyfriend. Of course, you know all of her family and everybody's sitting yeah right there. And they ask if you know she was in in love with her ex boyfriend at the time. She says yes. And then the special guest they have is the ex boyfriend that comes out and is is like, "Do you oh. think you should be married to me instead?" And Fuck. The, the other mechanic that has not come up so far is that wow. the family has a button that they can press that skips that question. And the sister reaches right. out and presses it to skip the question. And then they skip to the replacement question, which was basically just the exact same question asked uh -huh. by the guy again. Like, just <laughs> right. do you think you should be Would with you me fuck instead? right now? If we went backstage right now, could we fuck? <laughs> and every time. I don't know if it was like this with yours, if you have multiple people, but my God, there was the least content in this show. And I don't mean like, mm -hmm. yeah, like there would, they didn't have as much, I mean, literal show, like they would end every episode with a big teaser, like this will destroy her marriage and then cut to commercial break, <laughs> like a fucking, like a monster truck show. And then every time they'd yep. get back, hey. it would be a summary of every question that's been so far. Yep. She said this, she said this, she said this, we're gonna ask it. And then they'd ask it and the one they go through one question one until the next commercial wow. break. And then they once again go, remember, it's going to destroy her marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the you were basically right with what was going on, uh, the interviews and stuff that they did with the couple afterwards. Uh, they, it just revealed that they knew it wasn't that they made all of this up. It's that they mm -hmm. they knew about this. This was like an open problem that they had had and talked through and stuff. Right. And so then they were like, well, let's go on the show. Cause now we all know it and it's no problem. But the, uh, the thing that got her, <laughs> that got, that made her lose was they finally asked her, do you think you're a good person? And it was Amazing. exactly in that tone. this like really smug tone. And she said after a lot of difficulty, yes. And that was false.
<laughs> so she loses everything. She did all of it for nothing. And Mark Just, Mark says it came up as a lie and goes, you must not think you're a good person. And she's like, well, it's because I've improved. So I think I'm a better person now. And Mark just like shakes his head a little bit and says, no, it came up as a lie. And that must mean amazing. some part of you knows you're not a good person. And, and then we, we wait until yes, she nods. And that's amazing. Yep. Whoa. So she, we wait no for her to nod. Absolute right. truth on a question like that. That woman had a nice. very reasonable explanation for how like, not yes, not no. And the lie detector, you know, how in the world would you expect a machine to understand like, right. That's yeah, not what lie detectors do. Deciding it's not really a yes or no so subjective question. that shifts from minute to minute. It's fucking insane. Right. And that toast just stands by like, no, I'm on the side of the lie detector. You're, <laughs> I you're love that you know, she, you're a bad person. She had to give this little like equivoc equivocation mm -hmm. and he was like, mm -hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. But no, it was a lie. So you know you suck, right? And then, then we had to wait for you to go. Yeah. And then, okay, now you lose. Now you can leave. Yeah. I mean, you catch anybody on the right minute of the right day, they'll, they could say either answer. Exactly. And they could react. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's absolutely But that nonsense. is how they took her money away from her. That's how they got away with paying her zero dollars to do this entire thing. To, so incredible. But yeah, that that couple was accused wow. uh, by public opinion of kind of being full of shit, of sort of of trying to game the. And they were a little bit show. in that they they pretended, you know, when they were up there that we didn't know about these issues. Sure. But I mean, that's more truth than I would honestly expect from this show. Like I would expect for it all to be gamed and for them to come out and admit like, oh, we did game it. Yeah. But then it was, you know, there are parts of it that were legitimate is surprising mm -hmm. to me but again like we've we've talked about this like whether or not it's gamed this is the story you're trying to tell like this is right. what you want to say to the world you were given this time slot with this like rare honor and you're like i just want to talk about how people are shitty and pretend to ruin lives yeah yeah and um this is going to sound a little conniving but if you were a tv producer and you wanted to just save half a million dollars you could just tell the people in the sound booth hey uh, whatever she says here on the are you a good person question, just fucking <laughs> yeah. just play the one that she's wrong. You can imagine that going if she said no, and they'd be like, well, you must actually think you are. You must actually think all of this is okay. Yeah, that's a better ending. <laughs> and they save the same amount of money. I'm just saying that uh, there is no proof. She can't be like, dude, show me that lie detector test. Or I'm going to go get my own lie detector test and I'm going to tell him that I'm a good person. And if it comes back this, then I get the money. Like you just can't, yeah. there's no verifiable procedure. I don't think they had very much money to give these people. So I think there were a lot of questions no. that they asked that yeah. that's just my feeling. I haven't watched the episodes, but judging on the morality I've seen from this one episode, yeah, they put those, those waffly questions in there and they just don't pay anybody. Yeah. Yeah, when, when the first contestant on mine lost, because as you guys said, the contestant immediately loses all of their money if they try the next mm -hmm. question and fail. Like when he lost, the host was very brisk and kind of joyful about telling him the fact that he would not receive any money for going through this experience. Like you you really got a sense of who was making this real fast. <laughs> they can afford paying Rodney Pete now. <laughs> the great Rodney Pete. Uh 
So uh, did anything else interesting happen on yours, Brockway? Uh, oh, only really one thing aside from what you can just infer from the rest of those questions. It, like I said, it was kind of a themed thing. They were all leading up to like what a shitty wife this lady is. Right. So it was clear they had and an person. agenda. But uh, the one really, really strange moment was they asked if she's keeping any secrets f- about her mother for her father while they were sitting both there. <laughs> and she said yes. And it was true. Uh-huh. And the dad jumped up and ran on stage and gave her a big hug and then flexed for the audience while they cheered. And I was just like, what the fuck is that moment? What does that mean? Yeah. What is what a mystery. What is the implication? What is the secret? Why are we on the dad's side for it? And then the, <laughs> after he sat back down, like again, you know, like flexing, like, yeah, I got my daughter to keep secrets from my wife for me. <laughs> uh, and the, the, even the host yeah. like looked at him and went, what did that mean just now? And he was like, well, we'll talk about it. And so we never knew. And they asked the mom how she oh felt God. about it. And obviously the answer was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd rather he didn't celebrate the secret he's I don't, keeping from me. I don't like whatever this is, but I have no context for it. I, I watched one, uh, a clip of one uh, where the guy came out and he was just the biggest cocky dipshit. Because again, this was 2008 when... People oh, thought yeah. you could have a career by just going on TV and being awful. And, and they so were he right. was like, yeah, a lot of them were <laughs> Unerringly right. right. Uh, and so he was like, <laughs> like full douchebag. And he like wore his suit and he's like, I'm the coolest. And uh, the question they gave him was, are you the coolest? <laughs> I think they might have given him some of those. But the one uh, that I liked was, do you think your birth defect is a result of your mother not taking care of you? And like he looked Whoa. so hurt and cranky and destroyed. And it's like, how is that fucking win in your sales now, pal? It's just like aggressively targeting the worst parts of the viewer's souls. Like I, it was grotesque. I don't even know what his birth defect was. Uh, but I'm. How did you find out about like, that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, maybe he has a tail because uh, his mom. Didn't ever stop smoking cigarettes. I don't know. I, but but that's fucking awful. That, um, that raises all kinds of questions in me about the research process. Because my experience uh-huh. of my episode, it seemed like they are very bad at doing... Like, like they're making an evil show and they're bad at doing research to dig for stuff, in my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, they basically could only think of torpedoing a marriage as like the type of question to ask that would be lurid. Like right. they, they must've done some extra digging to, to find that birth defect thing. Like, yeah, like I probably imagine, breaking in a drink. I'm assuming like some kind of horrible hacking a hospital or something. I bet it's more voluntary. I bet they probably have them fill out questionnaires with blanks for uh, that. Like, is there anything like weird about you? Is there any medical history that's like embarrassing like, okay. did you join the hair club yeah. for men? You fucking monster. How, how many murders and why? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> yeah, I have a that feeling that a lot of these people would have volunteered. Yeah, like this is, again, like everybody bought into it. So they would have been very eager to get on what... But this is one season, so they couldn't have even explained like, oh, it's a famous show. They were just like, a show, any show. Like, <laughs> yeah. could be a show in somebody's basement. You don't know. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, here, here's all my secrets. I watched, um, I did a lot of meandering research looking for the unaired episodes because a lot of this, this show didn't get broadcast. Uh, again, I'm not sure if it's because they're like, hey, we went too far or if it's just like 
this fucking hole in the wall show is fascinating. Uh, <laughs> and right. The so second I watched, season was not greenlit by the Hague. So they didn't get to do it. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I watched episode nine, uh, first and, uh, the first guy they had on was a 23 year old guy named Paul. And he was sort of a combat sports guy. They said he was like a fight promoter and a Mexican wrestler. Uh, and so, uh, they start off with some real softballs, uh, have you ever ignored a friend that you know needed your help? And he's like, yes. And they're like, that answer is dot, 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 true. And then you know, cr- the crowd claps for him betraying his friend. <laughs> Good job. They ask hey, him if he has a mullet. The because- detector. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, machine. Yeah. Congratulations, Paul. Uh, they ask him if he has a mullet because uh, he thinks it attracts women. And he's like, hell yeah, the mullet attracts women. And that was also true. <laughs> Yes, uh, yeah. objectively, it is true. <laughs> they Then they start to drop hints at where they're trying to go with it. And they say, have you ever told your parents you quit gambling when in fact you haven't? And he's like, yep. And his parents are like, ooh, that's really disappointing. And the crowd claps because he won money. Oh, uh, sure. And again, it'd be weird if he said no, right? Like, no, I've never lied to my parents. They're like, oh, cool. We found the one good guy. Good. Congratulations, producers. Uh, Do they know about your murders? Him, yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> do we clap? Yep, maybe we clap a little bit for that. Yeah, let's give a little clap for that. Uh, so they ask him if he's ever lost more than $10,000 gambling in one day. And somebody boos, which I thought was really funny. And then he says yes, and then they, everyone starts applauding. Uh, and And so they have these embarrassing transgressions that get applause, and then... The host, Mark Wahlberg, he would just like ask everyone sitting on the couch how they feel about being betrayed. He's like, hey, yeah, he lied to you your whole life. Do you like it? No. Yeah. And and you mentioned this earlier, but like that's the show. Like the questions are so fast and take up 4% of the fucking program. And the rest of it is just like this untalented improvisational guy just sort of doing amateur therapy with these people who are just being betrayed in real time. And um, yeah. anyway, he uh, asks the guy if he's ever kept underwear as a trophy. And he's like, yeah, in fact, I have a whole trophy case. And his girlfriend is there. And his family is there. And he's so fucking proud of all like the boning he's done. And the show wants him to be like, shame on you. But he's like, not. And he's got his friend there who's like, <laughs> Why hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> hell yeah. Keep them panties. <laughs> And uh, anyway, his girlfriend is really upset. Uh, I, I wrote down all these questions because, because it really she hasn't helped. seen the trophy case yet. <laughs> because I, I haven't invited Where? her over <laughs> to see my living I suppose room. If it's, yeah, if it's just a right. bunch of panties, he probably could hide that in a box somewhere. And, <laughs> nah, uh, trophy case. Let, uh, to me, that says <laughs> glass. It says uh, some backlighting, like the tasteful felt. That's true. Yeah. That's definitely <laughs> actually, the centerpiece of a room. <laughs> yeah, I, I led a very adventurous sexual life before I got married. And you walk in and there some... are three pairs of panties. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have some. I don't have many more. But like, I always thought that was like a nice memory. It's not like I kept them in secret. It's like the woman would be like, hey, here's a little naughty thing to help remember our, you know, escapade. And I'm like, that's nice. And, you know, you don't when I, when someone else finds it, you're like, OK, OK, I can explain. I, I had sex before I met you. Right. But like, uh, right. I, I feel like if your girlfriend's there, you shouldn't brag about the trophy case you have. 
And again, like they're trying to find this context where the thing he's doing is shameful and they found it. Uh, but wait, I mean, I'm confused. Just, Are you saying you also keep panties? Uh, I did. <laughs> but, but like, right, you, can, you know, it's not an appropriate thing for a married man to have. And Schmidt is yeah. like, yeah, yeah, of course. So I'm the weird one. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the all right i'm finding something out about myself today i mean some people think i gotta write love letters i gotta go no i haven't ask that, some questions I, to some exes and see if i can you don't get write some love letters shipped. <laughs> i just need an old pair of underpants i'm gonna go talk to my wife honey you'll never believe this but <laughs> Wait, I, got I, the, I got the go-ahead from Alex Schmidt to ask all my exes for their underpants. Okay. I'm I'm basically going to have to do this now. <laughs> no, I so I haven't done that. But I, I feel like throughout this episode, that answer Sean is has like often false. described the totally reasonable thing that a mm-hmm. person could just say on this show. And like yes. that's one of the ways this whole show format falls apart, is just like if someone is a little bit comfortable with themselves and is pretty mm-hmm. open with their loved ones about who they are, then the show sails. It sounds like, like yeah, my, it sounds like this like guy, guy is like they found the, that guy. He yeah. is a pretty open pussy hound. And uh, I, I do have some more questions that will lead us into. Uh, well, before you even get to him, I'm going to go ahead and say this guy kicks ass. <laughs> and I'm going to trust that nothing, nothing is going to turn around on me. <laughs> yes. So um, the next question is, have you ever had sexual relations? You would be embarrassed uh, with a woman. You'd be embarrassed to introduce to your mother, which I feel like is an easy question as if like everyone's hooked up oh, yeah. with a woman who's like, you know, you're great. I'm going to bring you home to meet my family. Like that's stupid. Even the mom yeah, was like, yeah. there's no way I've met all the women my son is hooked up with. My son's a so wonderful writers... dirtbag. Look at his mullet and Trans Am. Of course. <laughs> God, he better I not be just home. said, maybe the writers suck? Because some of these questions are just like, no good will yeah. come from them. And I mean, like, no good TV or, like, you know, victory. No, no personal victories, nothing. It's just not interesting. Uh, he says, uh, the question is, are there things in your sexual history you keep secret from your girlfriend? And he's like, yeah, it's man's law. Man law. And then he's like hung up on this man law thing and just keeps saying it. And his man buddy law. just loves man it. They're law. like, yeah, man fucking man law. law. Yeah, you keep secrets from your girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> so we're st- I'm starting to lose my uh, love of this guy. They ask him. I'm still on board. He- okay, good. <laughs> they ask him if he-, he would like to have children with Maria someday. Cut to commercial. That's like the cliffhanger. Like, oh. And the answer will destroy Mary. Coming up next. He says no. He's just like, no, I can't see myself having kids with this woman. She almost cries. Like, this is fucking devastating. They're very young, so it's like reasonable to say like, hey, I haven't thought about that yet. But like the certainty of, remember, these people think lie detectors are real. The certainty of saying, no, I will never have children with this woman is devastating to her. And the host asks her, does that hurt your feelings? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. Say, all of his follow-ups are like, did you like that? And they, like, yeah. he doesn't have anything else except for, oh, how'd that feel? And then they got to go like, oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. Not good. Yeah. It cuts the, the guy's reaction to it. The Paul's reaction to it is, well, she'll find someone to have kids with her someday. Like he's already like past this. He, he already knows this relationship's fucked. <laughs> yeah. He maybe didn't care going into this. You were out of here in trophy case and we both know it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
he, the next question is, do you keep a spreadsheet of all the women you've had sexual relations with? Now, this is something you wouldn't ask a normal person unless you know they have a spreadsheet. So yes. this is a very easy question for him to answer because he already knows he has a spreadsheet. The producers already know he has a spreadsheet. And it's in the trophy also, case. There's a touch of narcissism <laughs> to it, but also it feels responsible. Like I grew up during an AIDS pandemic. The first 50 things I learned about sex was you might have to call a bunch of people and say, I have killed you. You know what I mean? So you need to right, keep right. track of all these people and their contact. Uh, so when I heard this, I'm like, again, what an ordinary thing to try to make into an embarrassing thing. Um, here's the thing, though. Uh, there is a rating. Uh, Did you? OK, uh, hold on. A- Did you realize <laughs> when you put together this show that you would be making yourself play this show accidentally? <laughs> because that's what's happening. Sean, yes, it's true. I moment am, of truth uh, right now. I am playing moment of truth. I do feel a little more comfortable in my skin than poor Paul here. He he's starting to realize he uh, has has not led an ideal life. And do you uh, think the mo the, the mohawk pulls women? <laughs> you wish it was I a absolutely mullet. No, it does. Uh, hell I yeah, it does. That, man law. That hell yeah, man law. <laughs> uh, no, there's that show that came out about the pickup artist, and those guys spent so much time like trying yeah. to give you like little little gimmicks you could do to make yourself stand out in like a nightclub. Very and I was hands. like, oh shit, I just, I think I do all this just already. Oh, I think that's just who I am. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm so just the guy that I always thought, out. Yeah. 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 I thought it was like the bare minimum effort as a person to just be like a little more interesting than default and, and like. Yeah, be yeah, fun. Right? Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway, apparently I was peacocking is what it's called. Um, so this dude has ratings on his spreadsheet and he like shows it to his friends. So his buddy Federico has seen it and his girlfriend is fucking livid. She's like, I do not want to be on TV while my boyfriend brags about his sexual conquests. Um, huh. They asked him if he ever thought he was a disappointment to his father. And that seems like another easy thing to say like, yeah, I've probably disappointed my dad. Huh. Uh, it's true. The crowd claps for this. And <laughs> yeah, um, they asked, uh, they asked to... the hair salon manager, assistant manager, the same yeah. thing. Do you think your parents are proud of you? And she went, no. And the crowd's like, yes, good job. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I wanted to talk about is how quickly this show's tone can change. How it's like, look at this fucking dirtbag banging chicks. He's not even sorry. Like, yeah. What if we stopped and like had the dad tell him how proud he was of him? And like, that's, it's just back and forth like that the whole time. They now ask him if he could ever be faithful to just one woman. And everybody knows what the answer is. Cut to commercial. And he comes back and he's like, dude, I thought this would be the $500,000 question. And he's like, nope. So he just admits, like, I'm going to cheat on every woman until the day I die. His mom and girlfriend are like holding their heads in shame. Uh, The host is like, is this a surprise to you, Maria? Uh, does that make you wonder how faithful he's been to you so far in this relationship? So he's like that? escalating like the like drama. A bit? Um, she accuses him of not respecting women, like just like you might uh, a man you just met masturbating on the subway. Like so detached from a loving relationship, she's now scolding him like he's a sex pest. And there's like some mild applause. <laughs> so like, yeah. Um, the mom lectures him on maturity it is fucked. The show has just ground to a halt. And now the guy realizes I've made some mistakes in my life. Then they ask him if he had sexual relations with over a hundred women. And 
The answer is yes. He's 23 years old. So these are some massive numbers. For, for like I'm going to go ahead and double down on saying, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty and champion level fucking. It is. It is also it's, a, it's a fun, big but... fucking trophy case. That's a trophy room. Yeah. That's a, that's a wing. I do. I find it a little fun that they established that he has an Excel spreadsheet and then they asked him a numbers based question because I'm imagining yes. him getting the spreadsheet out at, at like a, an accountant visor and double. Oh, check. yeah, I have it set yeah, to tab totals right here. That's it's good. 107. <laughs> yeah. His, his mom long says, hey, OK, OK. Uh. <laughs> uh, his mom says, estás loco, uh, which means I'm very proud of you. Uh, his girlfriend is Get them almost crying. Uh, she was, again, it's clear at this moment that she's just the wrong place at the wrong time. Like during this guy's sexual rampage, like this, she's just dating him for a week and he's like, Hey, I'm going on this talk show, this game show. You want to come? She's like, Oh, okay. It's our fourth date, but sure. So, um, the host, Mark Wahlberg asked her, uh, does that change how you feel about him? And she's like, yes, <laughs> yes. I did not want to be the 101st woman a man had sex with. Uh, they set the next question up. They're like, okay, dude, this next question is going to be fucking crazy. Um, and they're like, do you want to just bail? Or it's You're not going to like it. It's going to destroy your life. They're, they really lay level with him. Like, you're not going to like it. They finally ask him, uh, have you ever been paid for sex? Uh, which again feels like oh. in 2008 was sort of a scandal, but now I feel like sex work is more of an accepted thing. I don't uh, think he, he was. Yes. I don't think he thinks that's a scandal at all. Absolutely not. He's probably very proud. Does of he it, say hell yeah? Yeah. He says yes, pretty proudly. Uh, Maria. Does he hold very his hand up for a high five but, from the host afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Does he this switch is the, wrong the spreadsheet show to... over to the financial tab? Does that what he did? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's more of a ledger, I guess, than a, than just a yeah, I've made, list. Add them all up. I made $87. <laughs> is he? I hope the next question is, are you good at pivot tables? It's like, I am. Everybody oohs, ahs. Like, oh, that's pretty complicated. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, the family is disappointed. Uh, his girlfriend has absolutely made the decision to leave him. Like, she's like, before she was mad, this is yeah. just like, I, I don't know this person. This is grotesque. Um, so he she's just made the decision to get out of his life. And the host is basically like knows. And the guy knows. So the guy knows that something has changed in his life for the worse. And he just bails. He's like, OK, I'm fuck. I'm out of here. Even though at this point he was confidently answering all these questions very honestly. Uh, but again, these people know what else is waiting for them. Wait, like he just answered that. Uh, he made a comment earlier. Oh, I thought this would be the $500,000 question, meaning he he knows the five yeah. or six that are going to be devastating. And he and, thought he right. in his mind, the worst one had already been asked because he thought yes, that was going to be the end. So that was like the thing he was worried about. Yeah, but he got through it and then he still like quit. He's still like $100,000. That's that's plenty. Uh, he also had a gambling problem. So this was weird that he got out while he was ahead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of Mastered questions. that gambling. gambling problem. Good for him. Uh, but th that was the show I watched that really like gives you a sense of the directions the, the show takes you. The, the one that is probably the most fascinating, uh, from all of them was one of the unaired ones, but a lot of people have seen it because, uh, it went on YouTube. It got like millions of hits on YouTube. And it was one where, uh, a woman went on 
uh, named Melanie Williams, and she was part of a, a fundamentalist Mormon cult. And her dad uh, had a child bride. His second wife was 17 years old. And so they, she went on the show knowing full well they'd ask about that. Of course, whatever questionnaire they gave her, they filled it out. And so she's like crying before they ask the question. And they finally ask, do you believe your father as an adult has ever had sexual relations with a minor? And the dad's like, oh, geez. Like he's got like a sad look on his face because he knows he did. His second wife was given to him by some Mormon dude who's like, hey, take my child bride. Uh... Um, So they dwell on this for what must be six, seven minutes where it's like they go to commercial and they come back and they play it again. They talk about the question. He like shows her the card and he's like, do you want to get out of here? Do you want to like answer this? She's like, no, I'll fucking answer it. And she's like, yes. And the computer goes, that answer is, and I'm not kidding when it is 20 seconds of silence (laughs) before it finally says, true. Of course. And the, yeah. And there's like weird applause. The whole family breaks down in tears. And like the host is basically like, you want $500,000. And she's the only person who does this. He's like, congratulations, daughter Whoa. of a pedophile. You have half a million dollars. Go hug the weeping pedophile. And <laughs> then it turns into just the most amateur therapy session where she's trying to explain it away. Like, yeah, yeah, my dad was in a weird polygamous cult. It's babbling insanity. This seems like something she's probably been waiting her whole life to explain. And it is coming out as gibberish. So the dad says, I didn't even know what a minor was. That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, that's a bull of all the stances you could take. Amazing. Yeah. Like you could play dumb, but this guy's like, what, what's up age? <laughs> right. Uh, the, then the host <laughs> congratulates them. They're just this, this weeping Mormon family uh, who just admitted on TV that uh, the dad, the dad was a sex criminal for half a million dollars. Uh, and that's their champion. Like, that is their champion status. That is, yes. as far as I know, the only champions on this game. That is like the people that, that they were looking for. And they frame it as if like they finally found a truly honest person in America. Like they hold them up sort of like, look at these virtuous people. <laughs> they just had the one molestation among them. And what damn it all, they owned it. And I do want to talk about one other thing that happened on that show that's actually more interesting to me. And it was... A guy who was a UFO abductee. You might have heard of this guy. His name's Travis Walton. Have you heard of this fellow? Have you heard of this guy? Uh, you no. heard of this? Heard of this? No. Travis Walton. He's the guy who wrote, uh, I can't remember the name of the book. But the movie was called Fire in the Sky. Oh, hell yeah. Fire in the Sky uh, rules. So, yeah. I love that movie. It's a very scary movie. I actually saw him speak in college. Uh, he's kind of a country boy. He's talking about when he was on the spaceship, we made a karate pose. I'm scared him <laughs> alien. What's it? And I just New thought favorite that guy. was a great yeah, yeah, new favorite guy. So he takes a lie detector test, and they're like, "Hey, fucker, did you get abducted by aliens?" He's like, "Yep, lie." <laughs> so, oh, that's, that's pretty. So funny. he's okay. It's so funny that. Um, so I do want to talk about him, and obviously, um, he probably didn't get abducted by aliens. Now, not only is that uh, an unlikely story that he got caught lying about, he said his proof was that he passed a lie detector before he took one again this is his citation he took one from the uh, arizona state police i want to say and then another one by like a ufo group and he says so he's passed two lie detector tests that's how oh. you know he got abducted by aliens so when this one said he lied he's like well you can't trust lie detector tests 
Um, also, <laughs> I've pulled two of them so far. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he got abducted shortly after uh, a, the the guy who hired him for a logging contract. He was working with a crew of loggers, and they had a deadline coming up. And the guy's like, "Okay, you guys are late." Uh, we're going to start docking your pay unless there's some sort of an act of God that prevents you from finishing this. Then an NB- NBC aired a very popular UFO abduction show, sort of popularized the modern myth of UFO abductions. Then, suspiciously, he and his crew get abducted by aliens <laughs> and can't finish the logging contract. So um, <laughs> he might be incentivized to lie, and he might have had right. heavy inspiration from a recent TV special. Uh, but anyway, that's... It's been his life since then. This was 1978. And Tilly goes on TV and it turns out, no, you didn't get abducted by aliens, you fucking asshole. So um, <laughs> everybody knows aliens can invalidate a lie detector test from space. They got a beam. They, they got a beam for that. They do got a beam for that. So And get you time um, off of work. Yeah. Those are the two things aliens do. Also got a beam for that. <laughs> it's like the horse and ape laser. They got two. And they do those two <laughs> things, and that's it. <laughs> you got a horse laser? <laughs> uh, so a lot of absurd and impossible things would have to happen for this guy t- to be telling the truth. Um, only a maniac would believe him. So just last year, who do you think interviewed him? Mark Wahlberg, uh, but the other one. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Doesn't he seem like he'd re- be really into like logging Is alien it, abduction oh, stories? Just like off the cuff? You said Mark Wahlberg is close. Is it Joe Rogan? It is Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan uh, had him on just last year. That's just a different kind of Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the show. Uh, I was very, because I did not know he was even on the show until I was watching the the famously unaired episode of The Polygamist. Uh, And I'm like, wait, that's that fucking alien guy. Just he got like three questions in <laughs> and they asked him like, hey, were you drunk when you fucking made up that story? And do you have any mental disabilities? And then were you abducted by aliens? And that's how far he got before. And so no so softball he just went on TV to admit, yep, I was super drunk. And yeah, my mind's not quite there the way uh, most people know a sane person to be. <laughs> so not everyone's life that they destroyed was like a bad person. Uh, some of them were pedophiles. Some of them were... Um, Outer space liars, and two of them Man. ruled. I hope. I hope outer. <laughs> I hope outer space liar jumped in the Trans Am of mullet guy, and I hope they got themselves some fucking panties. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. It's a podcast canal. Und mit maximalen Schau. Doc Frankfurt podcast. Correct. Love is in the air tonight at 60, count of 60 swinging singles vie for the attention of one lovely mate. Takes a king to rule a country, but only love rules supreme. It's love supreme, let's meet our competitors. Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H, 
Aiden Moat likes long walks on the beach. Oh, hook that one early. Step up your game, singles. Alpha Scientist Javo. Andreas Larson. Armando Nava likes short walks on the beach. A big swing. Benjamin Cyronin. Finn Talton. Brandon Garlock. Brian Saylor likes running on the beach. Hey, all right. Brianne Whitney. Rockway loves the meat millet. Yes, he does. Sarah. Rev. Chase McPherson likes medium length beach drives. And okay, yeah, all right. You get that one. Chris Brower. Curious Glare. Dan B. Dean Costello. Donald Finney. Dr. Awkward likes horseback riding on the beach. See, that's how you do it, Chase McPherson. That's how you do it. We got Eric's Balding, Fancy Shark, Jello, Hambone, fucking loves the beach. Their words, their emphasis. Haraka, Hot Fart, Jacob Thornburg would make a love to the beach if only society would allow it. Okay. John Dean, John McCammon, John Minkoff, Josh S. Ken Paisley is the beach. Not, I'm not following on that one, Ken. Oh, he's doing a beach impression now. That's actually really good. K&M. Laziest man on Mars. Mark. Matt Riley races the beach to the horizon every night and will do so until he catches her. Hey, that's beautiful, Matt. Michael Lair. Michael Wells. Mike Stiles. Moju. N.D. Neil Bailey writes, if you cut me, do I not bleed sand? He's... he's cutting himself now. Good lord, it is sand, masterfully played. Neil Schaefer, Nick Ralston, Nick H, Ozzy Olin. Patrick Herbst has just legally changed his name to Beach McSlop. I... I get Beach, is there a significance to McSlop? No, he's shaking his head no. Rain Vargas, Rhiannon, Rich Joslin, Zarkovsky. Spotty Reception just bought the beach, and no other contestants are allowed on it. Baby, if you like the beach, there is one game in town. Ted H has just murdered Spotty Reception and stolen the beach team. Looking back, this one was inevitable. Timmy Leahy. Toasty God has dynamite in a dream. Won't you make a new beach? Together? If that doesn't work on them, Toasty God, it worked on me. Tom Sekula, Tommy G, Yosarian, and our stunning star, the center of all this attention and deserves every bit of it, the gorgeous, the talented, Jaber Al Aiden, whose turn-offs include the beach. Oh, but wait, turn-ons? Dynamite, we got a match, let's love Supreme, folks.